Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Friday to you, life, love, and liberty lovers. (laughs) Life, love, and liberty lovers. I just came off of the set of The Christian View talking about politics and faith. And is there politics, faith, and really more about patriotism? Um, Great crew, by the way. It's taped here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, There are guests who come in from all over the world, really. And uh, Alvita and I were on together just uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And um, yeah, good times on the set. Solid, solid group of Christians. If you guys are looking for encouragement and and to be, you know, set free, because the, the Bible says that the word is what sets people free, right? The Son of Man is who sets people free. And so uh, he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Okay, well, the only way to acquire that level of freedom is through the knowledge of God, which comes through the knowledge of Christ and his wisdom via the Holy Spirit. So once you have revelatory knowledge on something, you can be tempted to poo-poo it and go back to, you know, those 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 worn out pathways in our brains, right? Called uh, synapses that, that ultimately, I mean, your brain is so fascinating. I'm not talking about the mind. I'm talking about the brain, your anatomical brain, right? Your gray matter (laughs) unit that's within your skull, that mushy stuff, right? And so once you meditate upon something long enough, it actually becomes a part of your uh, anatomy, Isn't that cool? So it can be cool, but it can also be a real detriment. And one of the reasons why I'm I'm going to be in the coming days shifting an an online culture to a more, um, hey, share your ideas, share your thoughts, but let's really focus on the fact that our country is nuts, the world is always going to be nuts, and we really need to coalesce. And this isn't some kumbaya campaign of mine. This isn't hashtag unity for everyone. This isn't, you know, what are some of those, what are some of those, uh, oh gosh, those, those bumper stickers I see everywhere. It's not just unity, but it's like mother earth, you know, it's like everyone's going to be reconciled. It's, it's the ultimate reconciliation folks, but it's, uh, yeah, that, so no, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, in the, in the coming weeks ahead, I'm very excited about something that is going to be rolling out and, uh, I will share more with you as the time is appropriate. Um, but just know that it is going to serve you. It is going to serve this country unlike anything that is serving the country right now. I say that with absolute, uh, confidence that you are going to be very pleased to uh, to be served in this manner. And I am so grateful and humbled to be able to bring it to you again in the coming weeks. So stay tuned. It is going to serve this nation. 
both on the right and the left. We are about to build a bridge. Again, not because everyone needs to jump into the homogenization pot. I do not believe in homogenization. I'm not a globalist. I love the fact that God created us extraordinarily uniquely. And in, in our conversation today on, on the Christian view, which you can find it all over, you can just you know get online, go to DuckDuckGo and type in the Christian view and the show times and whatnot will come up. Uh, but today we were talking about, can you be a patriot and a representative of the kingdom of God? And of course, I started with the Declaration of Independence, which talks about our unalienable rights and from whence they are derived. And our founding fathers knew that. And they had lived under, you know, I would consider tyrannical rule, if you will, under this crazy monarchy, whether it's the deep church or the deep state, whatever. And they're like, screw it, we're out of here. (laughs) And... And we're going to have freedom of religion, not freedom from, right? And they understood that man could never assign a value to another man or woman. You know what I'm saying? That the created would never assign an equal value in and of himself. We are just not created. We're created with that bend, but we didn't fall with that bend. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? And so we were reconciled to the cross with that bend, but we were not, uh, when we fell, we fell hard and everything was crazy. And as you can see, for people who are still living in that lower bestial nature, uh, you know, that's why we have to have affirmative action. That's why we had slavery. (laughs) That's why we still have slavery. I'm not calling it trafficking anymore. It's slavery. It is what it is. And so I call it exactly as I see it. So on our best day as created beings, we will never as fallen man have a natural inclination to not want to Control someone else, control something else, control, control, manipulate, get on top of, subdue, right? Have dominion over. And for people who do not know the Lord, who do not, who do not worship the creator, not a creator, as if they're multiple, the creator of all mankind, of this species called the human race, One race, right? So until we submit to that, to him, to them, I know that's going to trip you up, but that's that whole triune being thing, so just take a breath. And I'm not going to get into a theological discussion today other than to say this. Our forefathers knew that our rights did not come from each other. Now, how they got all tongue-tied and twisted with regard to slavery, we could go back to, as a friend of mine likes to remind me, the Barbary slaves. For those of you who have never heard of the Barbary slaves, I highly suggest that you look that up. You're going to have some homework assignments after this broadcast. But the Barbary slaves, right? So in this nation, we are focused on black slaves, on slaves who came over from Africa, 
right? In other nations, there are different slaves that came from different regions of this planet. But slavery is not new to America. That is not to diminish the atrocities that occurred during slavery, because I would never do that. It is also not to... um, Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. It's not to diminish. It's a matter of historical fact. But in this nation, because we refuse to submit to our creator, who has reconciled all of mankind and all of our crap, all of our sin, all of our fallen nature, he has reconciled all of that through the cross of his son, who is his love. His son sits on the mercy seat. And to my Jewish followers, you know exactly what I'm talking about and how important the mercy seat is, right? Well, God in the flesh as son and father, triune being, he came here as son, right? Sent his only begotten son, but they're all one. Again, not going to get into a theological discussion over this, but it's really important to understand that if we would all submit to the God of liberty, we would have a very different country. We would have a very different globe and people have different ideas of what it means to submit to God, right? And so in the context of patriotism, and, and whether or not we can be Christians, one of the questions that was shot to me was, can you find a balance between patriotism and, uh, and being a Christian, a follower of Christ, not just a Christian, right? And I said, well, I'm going to quote my daughter on something because I've really carried this with me since she expressed it a few years ago. Actually, when she was a teenager and she was like, and I was so frustrated with life. I was a single mom, you know, a widow, And I mean, life was just hard, right? Because it just is a single parent, much less widowed. And some of you guys, you know, in your divorced stuff, golly, just be grateful that if you have a decent other half of a parent, uh, you know, of of a parenthood, then be grateful for that, right? And, And show appreciation and show some respect in front of your children, your children don't need to know all the odds and ends of the ins and outs and all the details of the dirty mess between the two of you. They don't need to know that. That was your mess. You deal with your mess. Let your kids be free of all of that. So I digress. My daughter says to me, mom, I'm so frustrated because I couldn't get to this. And I was like spread so thin. And she's like, I just need to learn how to balance better. You know, and I'm like, my gosh, I'm walking this tightrope of life. I've got books and schedules and illness and all kinds of stuff. I'm balancing on my head on this, not even a balance beam, y'all, like a for real legit tightrope. You know, I live in Georgia where we have Tallulah Gorge. And there used to be this dude who would walk across the Tallulah Gorge on a, on a tightrope. I'm assuming he made it because <laughs> I think he did it more than once. <laughs> but 
he, I can't remember his name, but I'm like, there's pictures all over the Tallulah Gorge light rest stop. And you're, I'm thinking, okay, well, all right, Evil Knievel. So that's just not my thing, but that's how I lived my life. And many of you do as well, right? And in, in the, the secular humanistic responses, you know, just work life balance right? Like we're supposed to balance all this stuff. And my daughter's like, mom, that is such crap. You got to love our kids, right? Out of the mouth of babes. And she goes, there's no such thing as balance. Uh, let me do it. My Valley girl. There's no such thing as balance, mom. You know, it's, it's like you have got to learn how to prioritize. And I'm like, hold up. Could you say that again, please? Cause I'm pretty sure I just heard wisdom come through your face. And she said it again. There's no such thing as balance. It is prioritizing. And I love that because if you're trying to balance, there's only two sides to a scale, right? And if you're trying to balance and you only have, you know, two sides to a scale and you've got eight different concentric circles working in your life, whether it's your career it is your, you know, your hobbies, your friends, your family, your health, your sleep time, you know, vacation, uh, things that matter to you, your spirituality, um, you know, government. I mean, think civic involvement. You know, there's so many things that it, our relationship with God, right? Which notice that is to me that can be very separate from getting together with people on Sunday at church. I'm talking legitimately spending time in in text to seek and see what you find. And that takes time. That takes, that's, that's part of, that would go in the scales on one side. And so who gets the short end of the stick in that, right? Like in order for things to be balanced, you're going to have to take a little bit of, from this and a little bit from that, give a little bit over here, give a little bit more over there, take a little bit from here. And before you know it, and it's like, okay, so no, it was brilliant, and I hope that really serves you today, and I, and I think it will, because so many of us are so downtrodden with so much stuff, and we just think we're doing all the good, right? The more people who need us, the more on call we are, the more available we are to literally everything, to the point where our bandwidth is so frizzed, our cups are not only empty, they're literally just dust, like they're not even formed in the form of a cup anymore. They're just dust, right? You can't even put anything in it because you're so parched because you're trying to balance life. There are all these little memes, man. I just love torpedoing these things online sometimes because, I, you know, well, if God brought you through it, brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. <laughs> and you see everyone, amen. Amen, Sister Ben, whatever. <laughs> You've got all this stuff, right? <laughs> and and I'm like, and I'm just like, eh. <laughs> I'm like the gong show of Christian memes because I read this crap and I just go, it's just that, it's crap. And, and because the word says this, God's going to see you through anything. But when that little word, if is literally the difference between life and death for people. And you know how I know this? Because I've been there. That little word, if, can accuse the absolute hell out of you. 
because you're like, well, I don't know if God's going to see me through this because, you know, I got myself into this mess and God helps those that help themselves. That's another lie. Sounds good, I guess. I don't know. Doesn't sound good to me at all. Now, the word does say you don't work, you don't eat. And Jesus also reminded us we'll always have the poor with us. So all of this humanistic, we're going to end poverty. We're going to end hunger. I'm like, really? Okay, well, good luck with that. Again, not saying you don't feed the poor because absolutely you you do. You take care. You share out of your storehouse. And you know what? When it comes to your life and balance, most of you don't have a storehouse. You just don't because you're so busy trying to rob Peter to pay Paul in different areas of your lives that there's no, you, you will never have a balance. Something's always going to lose out. Always. So I want to encourage you today to prioritize, right? Most of you would prioritize your spouses or your significant others. You would prioritize your children. You would prioritize your jobs, right? You would prioritize civic duty or civic involvement, rather. You know, you, you would prioritize your family, your neighbors, some of your friends, your, your work, you know, so in, in order, right, that helps you to set to, to establish an order to your life. And then that's your personal constitution. It's your family constitution. And it's from that place that you engage in patriotism. Right? That's, that's the place from which you engage everything else around you that involves curating your liberty and liberty of others. And that was my point today on the show that it is an ab- absolute mandate as a Christ follower, as someone who says they adhere to to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you to get involved in politics. I'm asking you to get involved in government. Government is a godly construct. There are a multitude of scriptures that tell us that, right? Remember whenever God told Abraham, hey, I want you to get out of your, your, your father's country. I want you to get out of your family's country. And I am going to set you in a place and I'm going to uh, give you basically a nation of people, right? That's what he said. I'm going to, I'm going to build um, a nation around you and through you and with you, right? I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. That's Genesis 12 and two. Some of you have such a hard time with people who have notoriety. Like you think that somehow that's just all about them. And for some people it it, it, it can be for sure, Right. But there's nothing wrong with notoriety. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. That is in Genesis 12 and 2. I will make you into a great nation. So for those of you who are open border society and Jesus was a refugee and we're just supposed to let everybody in, I want to, I want to, especially you Christians, I want to direct your attention to that. What is it that makes up a nation? 
Clearly, people speak the same language, so anytime someone brings forth legislation to call for an official language, which means a legal language from which all laws are apprehended and understood and executed. That's what that means. It's not because someone wants to slight, you know, folks coming across the border who don't speak English, but English is our official language. It should be our official language. Would you prefer that we become the Tower of Babel where no one understands each other? I mean, if you're going to allow for every uh, tribe and tongue to come across the border without assimilating into an official language, how exactly do you plan on executing any form of civilization here or unity for that matter? The Bible also says unless two agree, how are they going to walk together? These are very simple precepts. They're not religious. They're very simple. If you don't agree with someone, how are you going to walk with them? And you know what I'm saying. I mean, you can try, but if you attempted to be unequally yoked with someone, have you, have you tried? I mean, remember, you know, our field day races? God, I used to love field day, man, because I would kick butt that one day a year in sports. I didn't, I didn't get really good at sports until I got older because I sucked so bad as a kid that I was determined to like <laughs> kick butt and, as an adult. And I, and I did, and I still do, <laughs> but I did play softball really well as a, as a child, but man, I used to love field day. Are you kidding me? I signed up for everything, but that three-legged race would just kick your butt. You better be in sync, right? Ever tried to do a potato sack race with, with one leg in and one leg out? You got somebody else. How about a, how about the wheelbarrow race, Right. And what if you're trying to go forward and the other dude's trying to pull you back? I mean, or he's trying to pull you back, trying to go forward. I mean, it's so very simple, simple concepts that we have thrown the entire religious baby out with the bathwater to the point where we're like, well, man wrote it. I'm like, yeah, well, man also wrote that two plus two was four. I mean, do you still believe that? Some of you don't. I get it, but it's still true. Two things plus two additional things equals a total of four things, right? Man wrote that, but that doesn't offend you. It offends the slanderers of truth. It offends the slanderers of science that's actual science. It offends the oppressors, the ones who are interested in oppressing you and oppressing your liberty and everyone else's because they want to control you. So the truth will always offend someone. So I want to encourage you to speak the truth regardless. But you have to know the truth in order to speak it. And that only comes through apprehension of the truth. You know, again, hearing faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. You have faith that two marbles plus two marbles equals four. And why is that? Because you can see it. I mean, we've all seen the movie 1984, right? Or read the book. And so you do know that we are here at this time in history that we've all made fun of. And we've all said, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Well, it's here. It's here. Whether you're dealing with uh, uh, a virus, 
you're dealing with vaccinations, you're dealing with uh, protocol, prophylaxis. I mean, you name it, two plus two is, you know, 5.3, right? And they want you, they're going to lie about it to you and they want you to swear to it. That's politicking. That, that's many bloodsuckers, politics. So think about that. So I really want you to focus on when you're posting online, please do do us a favor. Do you, your generations, your neighborhood, me, do all of us a favor and begin to change what you are uh, sharing online whenever it comes to words. Please no longer use the word politics as a four-letter word or don't even use it in your vocabulary at all whenever it comes to describing the things that we are contending with right now in this country. I need you desperately. I really do need you. If you're following me, I hope I'm leading you to be an amazing leader within your own scope of, of influence, your own sphere of influence. And one way you can do that is be a great leader and start speaking the truth. And the truth is, we're not called to politics. We are called to governance. So please remove the term politics from your vocabulary when you are attempting to describe your frustration, to describe anecdotes, to describe civic duty and responsibility, to describe the fact that our Constitution is being completely molested and dismantled right before our eyes. I need you to stop using the word politics and use the word government, governance, particularly if you are a Christian. Government is absolutely a godly construct. And if you don't believe me, you know, we, all we got to do is go right back to our Declaration of Independence. And a couple of paragraphs down, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, right? So just, you know, in in scripture, it talks about confess your faults, right, to the Lord. And if you are, if you will confess your faults to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, that term just is very important because it is a legal term. So in God's courts in the heavens, when you confess to God your sin, his promise is very simply this. I will forgive you and I will execute my justice on you, which is to forgive you. I will hear you. I will forgive you. And then I'll even take it one step further and cleanse you from all un righteousness. That's what his word says. That is a promise. And I know the enemy likes to come in to say, yeah, but you know, you don't know what I did. Well, God does. And he didn't list stipulations to the side, did he? 
it didn't say, there's not like an addendum or an amendment there that says, well, yeah, I'm going to forgive you of all of your sins, but except for this, except for your military service, except for that adultery, except for you lying, except for you cheating or stealing or gossiping or being envious and jealous or being deathly afraid all the time. Your cowardice, except for that murder. Yeah, that's a tough one. Except for this, except for that, right? God is God. We are not. That is so grossly obvious with every passing day that I flip to Twitter, I go to news cycles, news, um, you know, sources, and I, and I think to myself, wow, man, if there was ever a glaring reality here that I am definitely not God and neither are you, it's now. Because we have completely made a mess of it down here. And for us to continue to parrot the Lord's Prayer with thy will be done, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we just say it like, you know, I'll take a, a whopper with cheese and hold the pickles and, you know, uh, add ketchup and onions. And it's like, no, it's going to require effort. You know, we keep thinking thy will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. Like, like the Lord's just going to part the clouds and come down. His will's going to be done. Right? Like that doesn't involve us. It's just God. It doesn't involve humans at all. It's just God. It's God and the heavenly host. And listen, that's not to say that he can't, he won't, because he has. He finished all that through Jesus, right? But now it's up to us, y'all. Some of you guys are still sitting around parroting that awesome prayer, that very simple, simple, truthful prayer, right? That moves mountains. And then we look at it and go, yeah, but, but, uh, but that's not, that doesn't involve me. Well, yeah, actually it does. <laughs> this goes back to you not getting involved in politics, but getting involved in governance. You get to choose according to your declaration of independence from oppressors. 13 colonies decided it was a really, uh, an expedient way to go. Even fought over it. If you remember, I don't know if your history books still teach that. Mine does. <laughs> so, um, but with that, they were like, okay, we get to determine who's governing us. It didn't say anything about politics, did it? Nope. Word is not even in there. But it did say that you would have, uh, that you would have government, governments that were constructed by man. And that's you. And that is a beautiful thing. And one of the reasons why this is so grievous, what this country is going through right now, is because we know that there, and I mentioned this today on the show as well, that with technological advancements, and I'm all about technology and you know, I don't always believe that God and science are irreconcilable or that they're mutually exclusive. I don't believe that at all. 
Um, and I believe that every single thing that we are allowed to create through, uh, I do believe some things are in fact vain imaginations. And I believe that God is right there with, um, with an offset called a conscience that we can all be utilizing that artificial intelligence is rapidly working to wipe out. Why do you think the war is on so fast for your chemistry to obtain your body as a host, to be able to alter the way you think, the way you feel, the way you behave. Someone else will have the ability to control you. And I'm not Alex Jones, and God bless him, but that's not where I'm going with this. There is, look it up for yourself. There's absolutely technology that's that's been around for a while, but it is expanding so that things can align with things in your body. I mean, you're already able to be manipulated through sound waves, through electrical currents, right? I mean, think about that. Look up some of the things that our CIA agents go through that the Russians have been you know, performing on them for a while. Matter of fact, it just was brought to light that it was happening here stateside in D.C. about six months ago. And apparently these poor guys can't get any help from the agency or others, um, you know, because we know that we use that technology over there. I mean, this is nothing new. You've Spy novels, generally speaking, have about 90% truth and 10% theater. So, you know, Hollywood's done it to us forever. We're all excited about the Terminator, right? Lord have mercy. Talk about somebody who's, anyway... Yeah, so, you know, Arnold, we, we, and we're like, oh, that could never happen here, but that's really cool. Well, yeah, okay, well, joke's on us because it's here. Hollywood, especially if you're dealing, if you're going to look at it from a spiritual perspective, Hollywood, so something you got to know about the enemy's kingdom is that they love to display their genius. They love it. They love to to display their genius and their creativity. Why do you think Jesus said to take every thought captive, pulling it down into submission to the knowledge of Christ because of vain imaginations? So think about that. So I tend to think of technology in that sense, scripturally speaking. So I'm not afraid of it. And when I look at it, I go, huh. Okay, well, that makes sense because we're not yielding to the mind of Christ, which says it's not really godly for us to want to control another human being. And if we were yielding to the mind of Christ, then we would not create technology for those purposes. But we do. So that is an anti-Christ spirit. And that spirit has been in this earth since Jesus walked the earth because he said it was present. And an antichrist spirit is not this spooky amphibian. It is a thing that is going to come up out of the desert somewhere in the Middle East. That is not what the antichrist spirit is. Antichrist is very simply this. Let me make it non-spooky for you. You ready? It is anything that is antichrist. I know that was so profound. Go ahead. Give me a round of applause. (laughs) If I could find my little applause button over here on my sounds, I would. But it's just that simple. Anything that does not align with liberty. And all of our liberties given by man, (coughs) excuse me, come with a great price. Right? Comes at a great price. 
Look at our Patriot Act. Excuse me. I've got some kind of a creeping crud going on, and no, it's not the Rona. So I've had that for a couple of days. Y'all keep me in your prayers. I'm fine, but I'm feeling a little under the weather. So, yeah, Antichrist, really simple stuff. Anything that would want to oppress another human being. Now, listen, I'm not saying that there's a cost to your uh, to liberty and to safety. And, and the reason why is because not everyone is submitted to God's ways. <laughs> so, so man does have to come up with, okay, if you do this, this is the consequence. <laughs> you know, so I'm not one of these don't tread on me people. I'm just not. Now, um, people start coming around my house, pushing a vaccination. You know, we're going, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be some very interesting times in this country. But I think you should probably prepare for that, not in some crazy, you know, pull out all your ammo into the middle of the living room kind of way. But I'm saying just, y- y'all need to go ahead and, and talk about these things as a family. What are you going to do? I mean, what would really be helpful is if you get together with your sheriffs and make sure that everybody's on board, that nobody's coming through your little town or your city or your county to come jab you. <laughs> I mean, you do still have constitutional rights. And the other thing we need to be working on right now is downgrading this damn pandemic because it is no longer a pandemic. And as long as you allow it to maintain that that um, designation, forget about globally. This is our country. It's your state. If your governors are still on the teat of the federal government like mine is, he's still wielding his powers under this emergency executive order of some uh, pandemic. As far as I know, he's never relinquished those powers. Well, he has an enormous amount of power under that executive order. And so what are you going to do if they come to your door? If someone in a National Guard uniform or FEMA or, you know, your local police, well, I can't see that happening, but because we don't even have police. So there you go. Ha, huh, joke's on us. So, you know, what are you going to do? And some of you are like, well, I'm just going to shoot my way through it. Okay, well, I hear you. You know, but can we can we think through this without having to go directly to our Second Amendment? There are things you can be doing right now to ensure that that crap does not come to your county or your city or your state. Now, you got to love my governor because, see, this is the nuance. This is the politicking that goes on in governance, right? So Brian Kemp in the state of Georgia says, well, I'm a, I'm we're not going to let Biden, you know, come in here and in 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 overrun run rough shot on us. I'm paraphrasing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so what does he say? He goes, you know, we we think that businesses should have the right to to make their own decisions. Well, gee, thanks, Brian. That really helps the residents of Georgia who don't want to be vaccinated. <laughs> How about this? Why don't we go with this? Why don't we grow an actual complete spine and a set? And tell businesses that we're not going to honor mandates of any kind. Let's be like Montana, right? Let's be like Florida. Matter of fact, if you institute some type of a uh, mask mandate in your local school, we're coming for you. Businesses, we're going to fine you. Let's flip the script. That's politicking. Because if, if, if a man who professes to be a man of faith was interested in governing according to faith, according to liberty, and according to your 
Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, and the prescription the prescriptions therein, he would positively protect your right to put into your body and put on your body what you choose to do. And you would not be beholden to chambers of commerce. There's a reason they're called chambers. Sorry, I'm not a fan. I have, I've come up against too much of our own legislation. Your chambers of commerce fought against your religious freedom acts throughout your states. I don't know if you know that, but they worked ad nauseum to fight against that. And why is that important to know? Because for those of you who are trying to claim Jesus now for vaccine exemption, you are having one hell of a time doing that with some of your employers because they don't have to honor that. Because guess what? The burden is on you to show why the state should not be compelled to encroach upon your religious liberties. When had your state not been hijacked by the sports entertainment complex and the economic complex called the chambers of commerces in your states, in your cities, your counties, had they not been beholden to them, then your religious freedom act would would actually reverse engineer that so that your states had the burden to show a compelling reason. And that would have gone, that would have gone beyond an executive order for some, some uh, ambiguous pandemic in the, the numbers, the, the, the sick people, the, the vaccinated people, all of this stuff is so convoluted. And who do you think <laughs> is the author of all of that? So I'm going to leave you with this because I could get into all kinds of goodies like the federal government trying to get into your bank account for anything $600 and over via the Biden regime, uh, the illegitimate Biden regime, which is why I do not refer to him as president, because to me, that is like, you know, Satan showing up at my door demanding that I call him God, my father, not going to happen. So I do not refer to illegitimate things in, in a legitimate fashion. Why would I do that? That is like Christianity 101, like 100, like the basic essentials of understanding Christianity. You do not call a lie the truth. You just don't. And so what, what are you, what, what are your plans with regard to them actually passing the fact that they could go into your bank account and monitor all of your transactions if you have more than $600 in your account. That is on the table. Some people are joking, thinking that it won't pass, but just like Marjorie Taylor Greene said about a month ago when she came to Georgia and I sang the national anthem for her event, and she comes up after me and she says, um, you know, you guys don't, they're telling you that the Green New Deal is a joke and AOC is a joke, but I'm here to tell you she's not a joke and it's not a joke and it is passing right now as we speak. These are very serious times. And so you got to get sober about what you and your family are going to do to not only survive, because we're not called as Christians to merely survive. We are called to life more abundant. 
And that is going to require risk on your part. I talked last night about the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And if you missed that show, you should go back and listen to it. I think it'll bless you and it'll help make a distinction for you that some of you are not aware of. And I, and I believe it will serve you. And it will, leave, it will lead to liberation in some areas of your lives. Because I don't know what kind of a job your pastors are doing of leading you into green pastures and feeding you actual fresh manna and, and crystal clear water from the fountain of eternity called Jesus. I don't know what they're doing to do that. And as I look around the body of Christ, I see where most people are still stuck on um, you know, Christianese, these little memes that are largely comprised of lies, very subtle lies, mind you. They sound good, but they're lies. You know how I know it's a lie whenever I see the meme that says, if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. And you hear all the amen, sisters. Yeah, I'll get so excited and share it about a million times. And I'm sitting at my computer going, oh, here we go again. You know why? Because David said, if I make my bed in hell, you are there with me. If I make my bed in the highest places, you are there with me. There is nowhere, there's nothing you can get yourself into that God is not right there and who is not actively, willfully waiting for you to turn from whatever it is you're involved in that is completely about to devour you, your family, your community, your country, your state, whatever it is, you politicians listening, whatever it is you're involved in and you think it's just too deep and it's too wide and you've got too much of a, you know, you're too hamstrung, you're too extorted, you're too blackmailed. I'm telling you right now, as God is my witness, the word says, if you will turn, if you will turn to him and confess to him your fault, he is faithful and he is just to execute his justice, which is forgiveness. Now I am, and he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now I'm not saying that there may not be uh, worldly repercussions for your activities. As a man sows, he reaps. But even in that, God has mercy. Because if I reaped every single thing I've ever sown, come on, somebody, somebody say amen. If I reaped every single thing that I've ever sown, I would be six feet under. I'm just telling you. I have sown some really crappy stuff in my life. And by God's mercy and grace, and quit measuring your stuff to mine and to someone else's and to this fake Bible that you believe in and this fake gospel that someone's been feeding you. I want to encourage you to open your own Bible, dust it off. If you don't understand a certain version, get a couple of versions. There's no excuse. It's right there in your hands. It's at your fingertips. You can literally flip through versions in an instant if you don't understand the, that particular vernacular. You can absolutely flip the screen and you are in the message, which is about as Americanized language as you're going to get. That's almost like the Urban Dictionary of Scripture. And so I would encourage you to get after it. Get after it. 
Your children need you to be grounded. God wants you back. He just does. He wants you back. And that stupid, lying meme that says, if God brought you to it, then he'll see you through it. That is a lie. There are many things we get ourselves into. Many things we are deceived into. You think God brought you into into something through deception? The Bible says God is not God does not man that he would even tempt you with evil. That's not who he is. And he also says that he makes a way out of the temptation with the temptation. Think about that the next time if you guys are not willing to step out of your cement shoes and this whatever crap you're involved in right now and you know you need to take a turn and get right on back under God's wings, if you're not willing to do that, pay attention to the thing that is tempting you, to that thing that just wears your little tail out that you can't say no to, that addiction, that whatever. If you will purpose it in your heart that you want to turn away from it and you say that to God in your prayer time, and you ask for help, he will make a way out of the temptation with the temptation. I promise you that. Your eyes simply have to be open to it. And sometimes he comes around again and again and again. And sometimes it's just too late. People are like, well, you know, it's never too late. I'm like, well, that's not true. There comes a day when you will take your last breath. We will all take our last breath. And I always encourage you guys to keep your accounts short. To reconcile your accounts daily with each other and with God. And I want to to encourage you in something. In the Psalms, I believe it's either was a 55 or 58. I'm I'm not an address girl, but I know my word. We're talking about the approved fast by God, right? That this is the preferred and the and the fast that God approves of. Like we we get all well, I'm all fat. I'm just gonna I'm gonna eat like a billy goat, and I'm just gonna drink liquids, and it's really more of a diet plan for most of us, right? If we're honest, and so and you know the church loves to do this at the beginning of every year. We're gonna honor the Lord with our first fruits and fast, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have any meat. We're going to be AOC for the first 21 days of of the year, right? And God's going to love us. And he's going to bless us. He's going to bring us that new car. And he's going to make that, that, that wicked wife of mine turn from her shopping ways. You know, God, our kids are going to quit being the devil. God's going to bless us. He's going to bless our socks off. You hear it? I hear it every single January. And every January... I've got my trusty little radio program or my little podcast now, you know, just ready, armed and ready, baby, with this scripture that tells you to get your heart right, to stop backbiting. This is the proven fast of God, that you would quit gossiping, that you would quit being bitter, that you would forgive people, starting with yourself, that you would seek God and his righteousness before all things, and then he would add all things to you, okay? But first, get right with the people that have wronged you and that you have wronged. God is not interested in us giving up the ho-hos for 21 days or the booze. You know, that does not impress him. 
Here's what impresses him. When you forgive that jack leg that did you so wrong, you have convinced yourself there's no way in two levels of all forms of hell that you are ever forgiving that person because they haven't asked for it. They might not ever. What if they die and they haven't asked for it? What, are you going to carry that bag of poo-poo around with you forever? You know what crap smells like in a, in a, you know what dung smells like in a plastic bag <laughs> after a certain period of time? Some of you walk around and you just stink. And I've done it too. I'm not pointing fingers at you. I promise you that. <laughs> so, but I have like the cute little, now I, I no longer carry around like the large lawn bags or like triple ply hefty lawn bags, you know, that you can, you can put stuff you're not supposed to put in your trash receptacle because this is Christian of me because I'm either too cheap or I don't know, lazy. I don't know what it is, but a lot of times I'll just pick up those super dark, heavy duty, hefty bags and put like my little long trippings, uh, uh, trimmings in them that I'm not supposed to because nobody's trying to go to Home Depot and get the recyclable bags and put those next to the trash receptacle. No, forget that. Just put it all in one bag and throw that sucker in the trash. Ain't nobody, nobody should be going through my bags of trash anyway. So how do you know what's in it? Right? Okay. And it's like, and it's like leaves or it's an old hanging potted plant or something, you know, you know how we justify stuff. But some of y'all drag all of the stuff around with you that people have ever done. And some of you have been so hurt that I get it. And I don't blame you because those people sucked at protecting you. Those people sucked at loving you and teaching you and discipling you and honoring you. They were awful for rejecting you and abandoning you and lying on you, confusing you, manipulating you, seducing you. They were awful, awful for doing that. Whatever the case is, whatever the trial is that that person is on in your headspace with every decision you make, every moment you reminisce, every moment of rage unexplained, every moment of overeating, overindulging, every moment of addiction, every moment of disapproving and being critical of everything and everyone beginning in your own mirror. You don't think God knows all of that? He sees your bags of stuff. And that other person is not carrying around your bag of crap. They don't stink. You do. So I'm joking because at least my little bags have become more like trash liners, I think. (laughs) And they smell nice, right? Because I get the fragrant type. But you get what I'm saying. And there's some things that I don't even know are down in my heart. And so whenever I pray, I'm like, okay, you see everything. So if there's something in there that I have not forgiven, please show it to me so that I can release them. And I can be released. We will not be forgiven for what we refuse to forgive. 
I'm not saying things that you're unaware of. I'm saying refusal to forgive. And I'm trusting that if this broadcast has pricked any little part of your soul and you know what I'm telling you is right and that that's what God has called us to fast from is nitpicking and criticizing and backbiting and gossiping and slander. That's what he's called us. That's the perfect fast. And then he will hear your prayers. Why am I asking you to do this? Because some of you are praying for things and you're like, what is the deal? There is no God. This stuff does not work, right? Like it's the love potion number nine. And I'm just telling you that unforgiveness will block your blessings. It will hinder God's blessings to you that he wants to willingly bestow upon his creation. And the first blessing he gives us is his son. And the first thing his son offers us is what? Forgiveness. I'm going to leave you with that. I love you guys. I really hope you have a great weekend. Be good to your neighbor, as you know, beginning your own mirror. Hey, listen, you know what? Don't even try to go to D.C. or whatever else is going on around the country on the 18th. We already know the FBI is all up in that or whoever, whoever is inciting and doing all that. Who knows? But you know what? You just want to be the one to read about it. And don't be the one out there in the middle of it. Doesn't make you a coward. Doesn't mean we're abdicating or capitulating. It means that we're being smart. Because we are a nation of ideas. And it's time that we start coalescing and coming up with some ideas to maintain our liberties, right? Okay. I love you. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.